Well, hello. Hello and welcome back. It's Trucking Answers, the podcast, and it's coming to you through your ear hole, which is the best way for you to receive it as opposed to any other entrance. I'm here with Gracie, my co-host. She's orange and she's very tired today, but she could pop in at any moment to give her opinion on what's happening. Now, in this unabridged version, we will have some trucking news, some automotive news, and Yet another reason why we do not live on Mars. Do you know why we don't live on Mars? Because there's a bunch of dumb, stupid, idiot, moron people on this planet that take our resources and our time where we could be dedicated to going to Mars, but instead we have to figure out their stupid lives. Okay. That's what we're doing here today. Remember on the podcast, we can talk about anything that we want because we own the podcast. You can't do that on other places. That's the thing of it, right? podcast lets you talk about whatever you want to talk about. Today's podcast is sponsored by the new movie that is about to come out. I'm sure you have seen it. You've seen previews of it. We've been seeing previews of it for several years now, right? COVID-2, right? The return of the Fauci. So that will be out at a theater near you probably before the end of the year. It's about this mad scientist that gets a TikTok account, okay? And his videos start to go viral. That's right. He's mad and he's back. So check that out. Be sure to see it in IMAX in all of its glory. Now we want to talk about something that was on the news this week or recently, depending. You might be listening to this in 2029 for all I know. So, all right. So people may, may have heard of this person, Kanye West. You ever heard of him? Yeah. Okay, so he's in the news, and uh, we're going to put out there some love for him because he came out with an opinion, and now he's being criticized and sued for it. And see, that's what happens in this society. What did he say? Oh, horror of horrors. He said convicted criminal George Floyd was uh, killed by fentanyl and not by the police. Okay, that's what he said. That's his opinion. And he's welcome to it. And so, of course, the family of uh, this convicted criminal came out and said they're going to sue him for $250 million. Now, an attorney was on the radio talking about this. And this was on a way liberal channel. So I know that they made sure that they could give all the deference they could to the George Floyd family on that channel. And the attorney on that channel said no defamation has to be the person that's been defamed he said that there needs to be a living person that a family would not have standing to sue for defamation on something like that all right that's not me right that's an attorney talking about it and so and they said that you know other things that they may allege are very hard to prove in court here's the real problem of this regardless of all these court cases or whatever. And, of course, he's taken a lot of heat from the press and everything else. Oh, my gosh, how could he say that? Because it's America, that's how he could say it, and that's his opinion. And he should be welcome to it like everybody else's. We don't um, change people's minds by crushing their ability to speak. And you can't talk about freedom unless people are free. And that includes Yay, as he changed his name to, right? And uh, everybody else. So... Even people that have even stupid, crazy opinions uh, way out there need to be able to state those opinions so that we can get all sides of a story and hear everything that everybody has to say. It's funny because people believe a lot of crazy things and nobody says anything about that. Okay, the, the one example I always bring up, which people don't seem to be as offended by, is the Flat Earth Society. Now, there are people that believe the earth is flat. Now, we all know it is, right? But uh, there are some people that, you know, believe this more than others. So, do we just go crush these people? Do we, what do we do? Well, we don't do anything, you know? There are people that believe a lot of things that really have no basis in any kind of fact or any kind of science. And that's fine. Let them say whatever they want to say. We don't stifle speech to you know, get somebody to change their opinion or because you don't like what they're saying, or maybe it even offends you. Okay. Maybe the family is personally offended by what, uh, what he said. Okay. They're offended by it. 
I'm offended by criminals that are out on the street. So I guess we all get offended by different things. And these criminals are then made to be uh, made out to be heroes. But hey, we're all offended by things, you know, and there's nothing that we can do about it, really. But when someone has an opinion and he says, oh, you know what, I think it happened this way. You know, initial reports do support what he said. But of course, that doesn't support the current narrative in the country. So those have to be crushed regardless Regardless if there's zero evidence of anything, that's his, that's what he thinks. So that's what he thinks. Okay, let him say it. We don't go crush people with attorneys, you know, for something like this. I don't like it. I don't like when f- speech is crushed like that by some, uh, you know, family fact checker. I just don't like it. So there you go. Uh, you know, hard to believe we would support uh, Kanye of any of all people, but we do, we do support him here. We always support freedom on this channel. And so we go to something else that I heard on the radio. Now this goes completely to the opposite side, ironically, uh, because I've been leaving early in the morning lately. And so what's on the radio here, Dennis Prager show. Okay. So I listen to that until I get, uh, you know, go and get to the truck, then get going. And then I start podcasts. But he had a guest host, and I don't know her name. I wish I did. So he had a guest host the other day on there, on the, the radio, and she said, and here's what they were talking about. They were talking about doctor-assisted suicide. This is not suicide for someone that has depression or whatever. If you have that problem, you should call 988. But this is for someone who has some kind of disease that they're not going to live through, pancreatic cancer or any number of other problems where you're at the end stage of your life. And the end that's coming up is not going to be pleasant. And she said, that should never be allowed. Allowed. I love it. I love how one side is like all offended by certain things and the other side's offended by certain things. That should not be allowed. And I, I have always said and supported on this channel that any decision you make for your own health is between you and your doctor only. It's not between you and your trucking company, and it's not between you and your government. It's between you and your doctor. And if you do not want to continue when you have some problem that is going to kill you, that should be the end of it. And uh, so, you know, my grandfather, I think I've talked about this, at the end of his life was in a home, and they call it a, not a mental health home, they call it. Uh, or memory care, that's what it is, right? A memory care home because he had dementia. And so going to see him there, um, he didn't have any idea who I was. And growing up, when I grew up, my parents, I don't ever remember them being together. And I moved in there with my mom. I don't know how old I was. I don't remember moving there. And grew up there probably at least four years, maybe six years living there with him at his house and then continued to see him, you know, regularly for decades. And uh, we talked and everything and he didn't know who I was. In fact, he didn't know who he was and he didn't know where it was, where he was, and he didn't know what the date was. Nothing. He didn't have any idea. If you'd ask him, what's the date? Sometimes you'd say, you know, 1950, sometimes you'd say he didn't know. And that was everybody in the place. And I'll tell you, you know, this, he was in World War II as a Marine and, you know, became a police lieutenant. It's not somebody that like shirked away from things, but he would not have wanted to live like that because all the place did was basically drain his money. Um, and I don't know about, you know, I guess maybe not drain. They were being paid for a service, let's put it that way. But to what end? What is the point of that? And that would be my opinion on it. Now, somebody else may be like, oh, well, Mark, I want to live no matter what. No matter what is wrong with me, I want every measure done for me to live. Okay. But you know what? You can't impose that on somebody else. I would not want that at all. And I, if I get that diagnosis, I'll tell you what, doctor or no doctor, I will not end up in some memory care home where I'm I have no idea who I am because what is the point? They're just keeping his body alive. And he lived to um, 92 years old. Uh, so he was in relatively good health, just didn't know who he was. But if you don't have your memories, if you don't remember anything, is that still you? Now, 
I thought it was kind of curious that he still knew how to talk. Why, why doesn't that go away? That's maybe something for doctors. Why don't you forget how to talk? Uh, but you seem to forget everything else. And it was just sad to see. Now he was being taken care of. There were, it was, the place was clean. Everybody was friendly. At least while I was there, nobody seemed to be all bruised up like some of these uh, low-end places are. He was in a pretty nice place, I guess. <clears throat> so, yeah, he's lived. He was alive. But to what end? And who, the problem is, I really have, is the radio host, okay? Who is she to say that he has to live? Who is she to say that it can't be, should not be allowed? That's always the problem, isn't it? You know, can't you MYOB, as Ann Landers used to say? If somebody's like, look, I have this diagnosis that I'm not going to get better from. It's going to get worse and worse. And uh, I don't want to live like that. Why isn't that okay? You know, here again with freedom. This is the United States and people should be able to make the ultimate decision with themselves. If you personally don't believe it because you just don't or you have a religious view on it or whatever, then that's fine to make that choice for yourself. But once we start making this choice for other people, that's where I got a problem with it. I just don't like it. I just don't like it. There are people that have end-stage cancers and stuff where... You know, they have to take so much pain medication that they're out of it anyway. And what is the point of that? When Okay, you know, six weeks from now, you're going to die be laying in a hospital bed that you've been in for the last three months. All right. What, why are we going on, you know, at $8,000 a day or whatever, just to make the hospital's money? Or because somebody that you don't know says, hey, you have to do this. It's just not right. These kind of things in the United States just aren't right, and they shouldn't happen. You know, when the end is here, the end is here, and we should face it better, I think, as a society. Like, oh, my gosh, I never want to die. Or but that day comes. It comes for all of us, and don't forget that. Sometimes sooner, sometimes later. Maybe there's something wrong with you, and maybe you just drop dead one day. But either way, that should be your choice. When you are of sound mind, like they say, that should be your choice on what day that is. It shouldn't be some host or some religion or some group to say to you, hey, you, you, you have to live. No matter no matter if you want to or not, no matter what disease you have, no matter how painful it's going to be for you, no matter if you're never going to remember anything, you have to live. I think that's a sad day here. You know, I think it's just a sad day. So we move on to lytics where... Finally, could I finally agree with Lytics? Maybe so. Of day of days, I'm going to agree with Lytics. They have a new thing that they're adding to their cameras. So hear me if you have a Lytics camera in your truck. And your company has to turn this on. And so, but I suppose they all will because they all say, oh, we never do this or that, but yet it's always available. They are going to alert the company or the truck owner, let's put it that way, of when you are parked on a ramp or the shoulder of a highway. Awesome. So the truck stops on a ramp or shoulder of the highway for more than 10 minutes, an alert will be sent back. It'll take a video, right? It'll do a drive cam and take a video and send an alert back to the company, an emergency alert back and say, this truck is parked illegally. And you'll probably get a call or something. I couldn't agree more with this kind of thing because I see this every day. Trucks just randomly parked all over. You can't tell me they're all broke down. All these trucks all over the place are broke down. No. Parked on the shoulders. Ramps are full. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, well, there's no parking. Well, you can't park on the ramp. It's unsafe. Can't park on the shoulder. That's even worse. Lytics is finally going to get in the game and do something useful with themselves, besides all their other stupid stuff that they do, and send an alert when the truck's parked illegally. Now, what you're saying, well, Mark, maybe it's parked legally and Lytix doesn't know. Okay, well, it's going to take a video right there, at least forward-facing, maybe in the driver part, depending on what the camera, uh, you know, what the company allows, and send it back, and then you'll probably get some kind of calling. You can explain, no, I'm parked at the truck stop right next to the ramp or whatever. But there'll be a video of where the truck is, so there'll be no chance to that you're not parked there if you can't just say you're not parked there because they're going to do at least the forward video, and it'll show 
you either on a ramp or in a parking place. I suppose if you're parked legally at that point and it just has you wrong on the GPS, you'll it, nobody will call you because with the alert goes the video. But finally, Lytix does something useful with themselves besides, uh, you know, just aggravating drivers day and, day and night with their, uh, you know, stupid driver-facing camera. So this thing, we're on board for this with Lytix. I'm on board for it. So there's another initiative yet to get women into trucking. That's awesome. But the problem is it says that their talking points, basically messaging, should be the messaging that's geared toward women. And it said it should portray the industry as one that provides independence, excitement, and opportunity. The thing is, it shouldn't have, shouldn't portray the industry. It should give you the truth. Okay, don't portray it as something. How about tell the truth about something? Have we ever thought about that? Is that going to be a possibility? So uh, they said, uh, you know, that truck stops now also have showers where the doors lock and, and they've added extra lighting in truck stop areas and showers are locked. Now let me ask you, when's the last time you took a shower and it didn't lock? Now I remember very early, way back in the Wayback Machine, a couple of showers were like, kind of like a shower at the Y, where it was like a room of showers. And, uh, you know, you had a shower in there. But I would say certainly in the last 30 years, <laughs> showers have had a door that locked. So to say, oh, now they have showers that have locked doors. I mean, this has been a while, I think, where the doors locked. I do remember initially, it seems like it was mainly the Flying J where the showers were in the bathroom and you only got a shower you did not get a toilet in there like you do now. Does anybody remember that? You used to have to hit the can and then you would walk to the shower. It was in the bathroom, but you didn't get the toilet in the shower. Do we remember that? Oh boy, those were the days. But to suggest like it, that they should have messaging uh, you know, that portrays the industry. No, they should portray the industry, honestly. And they're always talking in here like it always says, oh, you'd be independent. No boss looking over your shoulder. Okay. Did we not just talk about Lytx cameras that watch you 24 hours a day? Boss calling you. We have companies that send police to wake you up uh, because you're nine hours and 45 minutes of sleeping. I mean, okay. You don't think you have a boss watching you? Maybe if you own the truck. Now they have a person here from Prime, but she doesn't own the truck, right? Because Prime owns the truck. I love that. But either way. Right, if you bought the truck somewhere and have your name on the side of it, okay, that's one thing. Maybe you're independent then, or you're on a with a company that just pays you a percentage and you basically get your own loads and stuff. Okay, you're independent. But for company drivers, it's certainly not like they just send you out for weeks at a time and you never hear anybody and don't have to answer to anybody. That's not how it works. So I think portraying the industry, like it says, the messaging should portray the industry. No, it should be honest. It should probably be worse case because I always think companies should undersell themselves and the industry really so that when you come in, you have this perception that people are going to accept what you've told them, which is a pretty bad view of the industry. Then when it, they get here and it isn't that bad, they'll be happily surprised. I always tell the same thing to companies on pay. For example, if they're going to pay $1,600 a week, they should say they pay $1,400 a week. Okay, rather than saying you might make $1,800 a week, which maybe once in a while you do, because the, even though you get the same $1,600 a week pay, one way you're going to think you're being hosed 10 ways to Sunday, and the other way you think, oh, this place is even better than they said, even though you're getting the same pay. So if anything, trucking should be undersold to people so that when they come in at a certain idea and it's better than that, they're happily surprised. Don't oversell it with this. You'll never have a boss. You can just do whatever you want, 1970s style, because that's not really how it is anymore. That's not even really how it was for me. Maybe before cell phones, it was a little better. They couldn't contact you 24 hours a day or locate your truck because they didn't have the GPS up and running yet. She had a little more leeway on how it worked, certainly. But now, no. Okay, trucks track 24 hours a day. You are watched all the time. 
at many places. Uh, they track your phone at some places, make you install stuff. So, uh, you know, we should be honest with people about how it is you know, that the pay is good, you know, not great hourly, like poor hourly, but good overall per week because you work 100 hours. And, uh, you know, just be honest with people about it. Just be honest. Can we do that? Nowhere in the article does it say that, by the way, in that article. Never in there does it say, let's portray the industry honestly to people. It's That's never suggested. All right. And that should be what it is. You know, send people out and say, hey, this is how it is. Not, oh, well, it's the greatest thing ever. Nobody watches you. I make $2,900 a week and only work 16 hours a week. No. And it's so exciting. It's so exciting, you know, out there trying to walk at the truck stop without being run over by people driving around with flip-flops that had been up for three days on, you know, trucker speed and, you know, try to get in the truck stop without being harassed by goobers that haven't showered in four weeks. That's more honest to women, really, than to say, like, nobody's watching you and you can just do whatever you want and the showers finally have locks on the doors. You know, let's just be honest with people. I think honesty is going to be the best policy on this. You ever heard of this little place called Covenant Transport? Well, they're in the news and their quarterly results are out, just like we talked about Pam Transport in a recent YouTube video. They easily surpassed Wall Street expectations. Now, get this, get this, what this guy said. All right, so their number, Wall Street thought they're going to make a buck thirty-seven a share. Okay, they made three thirty-nine a share for three months, and fifty million bucks in net income. Income, okay. And that revenue increased by 13.6%, $311 million. What do you think about that? Well, here's what you should think about it, right? What they talk about here, which I love, they said here's some headwinds. Increased wages, okay, are some of the headwinds that are going to cut back on their money. And then what does he say very at the very end of this paragraph? Driver pay remains stable at the present time. Okay, driver pay remains stable. And this is the thing. So no matter what they say, they're making plenty of money. Here we got a huge increases in revenue, you know, up quarter over quarter, year over year. So they go gripe, oh, you know, we can't pay people anymore. Yeah, actually they could pay people more and still do great, right? So their tractors, you know, decreased even. They have less trucks and average freight revenue per week increased 14% per week. Okay. So revenue is up 14% in the last quarter. Did you get a 14% raise at Covenant last quarter? No. Did you get any raise? Not according to them because they say driver pay remains stable. Okay, so maybe you got a raise, but their overall pay, driver pay, is remaining stable. That's what they say. And this is a public company. They have to put out the numbers where they will get in trouble for that, right? So these are actual numbers that they have to put out. So to say that, uh, you know, oh, well, Mark, you know, drivers make plenty of money. I don't think so. And not based on the numbers. The places are making tons of numbers. That's why I always tell people, look, if you'd stop driving for one freaking day at one of these big places, they would have conniption fits all over the place. And you could get a raise to, uh, you know, be somewhere a little bit closer to what you should be paying, uh, what you should be getting paid. Because, look, just go, if you're at a public company, go read their quarterly reports. They're coming out now through the month. You know, there's a couple hills still to go. But a lot of them are out and just go read what they say. So when they tell you, oh, we're broke, we don't make any money or whatever, tell them, Bologna, okay? Here's the CEO saying how much money we make, but that driver wages remain the same. So look, I'm telling you, they could pay you more, but they don't because, you know, they don't have to because you'll come in for the little bit of pay that you work for. And until people take a stand collectively, you will continue to get singular pay. Okay, that's how the industry is. That's how every industry is. So if one person goes in and says, if you don't pay me, I'm not coming in Monday, they'll be like, well, it's been nice having you. It has to be all, you know, 1,400 and some drivers there because it's they have 1,400 tractors, probably more than that in drivers. It has to be more than that, or at least for that uh, last that segment of their operation because they break their operation up into different segments. 
All those people need to do it. And then you can get at least some kind of uh, increase. They're tripled what even what Wall Street thought they would do. Okay, is that worth something? Should they at least pay some of that out as a bonus? Like maybe some kind of profit sharing? They should. But uh, are they going to? Well, that remains to be seen. You know, we've been wondering about this on this channel, at least I have, about what will they do with autonomous vehicles for pre-trips and that kind of thing. And I actually thought that, you know, at the yard, a driver, whoever's hooking this thing up or whatever, would do the pre-trip on it and could okay the pre-trip. But, but the CVSA has come up with rules for autonomous vehicle pre-trip inspections. Get this. Get this. Are you ready? Are you sitting down? You're probably sitting down because you're driving, hopefully. Unless you're back in the sleeper trying to grab your map and getting back up there. So have a seat. So what they're going to require is for companies that have autonomous vehicles. These will be vehicles without a safety driver in them, which they have now. So when the trucks go completely autonomous, there'll be people at the motor carrier that have to be trained. It's a 40-hour course from the CVSA. And they'll have to have trained personnel. And they will conduct enhanced inspection procedures on selected automated driving system equipped vehicles from their fleets at the point of origin before dispatch. So kind of a random, kind of like they do random drug tests. They'll do random inspections on their vehicles and certify that the vehicle is safe to drive. Okay, kind of like they do an annual inspection now, except some of these will be pulled and presumably inspected now you know how that goes and how they may just fill the paperwork out might okay they might and so then they will these vehicles aut automated driving vehicles autonomous driving vehicles will be able to bypass inspection sites on the road that's what it says here so once a motor carrier has a cvsa trained person there at least one um the, their vehicles will then be allowed to bypass inspection sites. Now, does that mean they can bypass a scale? I don't know about that. And that, and it also says en route roadside inspections of these autonomous vehicles will only be limited to places where there's an imminent hazard observed or post crash. All right. So they got to have an accident first or I don't know, an officer drives by and, I don't know, sees three flat tires or something to that effect. That's the only way that they can do an inspection on them. They will not be passively stopping them like they do now, like they do with us now. They won't have to go into an inspection site and be inspected. They will not have to do any of that. Okay, and any vehicle that fails the pre-trip, right, has to be repaired. But that has to be done now, theoretically. So that's pretty interesting. I didn't, I never thought about that, that it doing this this way, but that's what they're saying now. So all you'll have to do is train somebody. They don't have to be a driver. It doesn't say who it is as long as they take this CVSA approved course, which is probably online. But uh, I I don't know if they have to go in somewhere. Either way, it's 40 hours. So it'll be a full week. Then they can inspect the vehicle, certify that they're ready to go, and that's it. It doesn't, so they don't need a driver to do it pretty i thought that was pretty interesting i kind of thought it would be the driver that hooks it up but no they're going a different direction with that and so it'll just be somebody that signs off a piece of paper kind of like they do now interesting a couple things coming up on the calendar next year for the fmcsa for proposed rules one is automated automatic emergency braking systems they're going to require they want to require let's put it that way all new vehicles to have automatic emergency braking systems. So you won't be able to buy a truck, a class A truck, without it. They're horrible, okay? Freightliner should be ashamed of themselves still about them. Uh, mine go off a lot. Not Well, not all the time, okay? I would say a couple of times a day it goes off. Now, here's something you should not do. Do not cut a piece of cardboard uh, that is the size of the radar in your bumper wrap that cardboard in aluminum foil and then wrap that aluminum foil in black tape uh, such as Gorilla Tape so it matches the color of the bumper and then tape or otherwise secure that in front of that radar because that, my friends, would block the radar and so don't do that. That is something I just wanted to tell people because I know people are thinking about doing it so do not do it because it would block the automatic emergency braking system from working. Oh, heaven forbid that happens. 
their uh, proposed um, uh, middle of next year, well, no, middle of uh, what, a couple months, they think that they'll have something out about that, about what to require for that. And the other th big thing that they want to do next year is um, heavy vehicle speed limiters. They definitely want to get that done by June so that they want that to come out of 26,000 pound vehicles or more, and they'll have to have an engine control unit capable of governing the maximum speed to the uh, speed determined by the rulemaking and maintain it for the life of the vehicle. Isn't that interesting? So it doesn't matter who owns it or what it's doing, that it will be required to have that on there. And I kind of think 68 is where they're going to go with this. I cannot imagine it being slower, but we will see in the middle of next uh, year, of course, depending, I guess, if you're listening to this in 3032, you're going to be like, Mark, we've had those for years. What are you talking about? Well, I'm talking about it because they are doing it right now at the end of 2022 as we talk about it. But I do see that coming. And they said, look, we know most of you don't want it and we're going to do it anyways. The state of Pennsylvania is going to high school students to ask them to solve the truck parking problem. And I think it's a great way to get high school students involved in real world solutions. What is never addressed with this is the real problem, which is the trucking companies are much of the problem of truck parking by poorly utilizing their equipment. Okay, poorly utilizing it where there is They'll send you somewhere, come on, at, be there at 8, and they doggone well know the appointment is 3 p.m., okay? And so you have to sit around, wait, all this. Their utilization of equipment is terrible at many trucking companies, and they don't care because they don't have to pay you anything, and they don't charge the shipper anything, or if they do, they don't give it to you. Nobody, uh, there's no downside to having trucks sit. Uh, other than, I guess, it's just sitting around. But they're not really paying you anything most of the time. <clears throat> unless you sit a day or sometimes two days. Because it's not detention. And uh, so why don't trucking companies solve this problem themselves? Okay, I had to go pick a load up the other day. I was leg six of this load. <laughs> I had to go meet a driver at a truck stop. Okay, and I'm leg six. The load never stopped rolling. And the driver then went back to their terminal, okay, or wherever their house was. And nobody had to park anywhere because the load kept moving and drivers leave. Are you like, okay, you can leave at this time because that driver is left and you're going to meet there. And I was there like seven minutes and then the driver showed up. We changed trailers and we both took off our own directions. Now, why can't that be done at other companies? Why? Because they have no incentive to do it. They can just send their driver to that truck stop to sit and, uh, you know, not be paid anything. Just waste their time. Just waste everybody's time. So that kind of solution is never talked about. And then they were talking about in this, oh, well, you know, there's we need this many parking spots because there's this many trucks. Well, you really don't need as many parking spots as they say they need because trucks aren't being utilized properly. Part of it is there's just one driver in the truck, and so the trucks waste a lot of time with drivers sitting around away from their house. But part of it is the company doesn't utilize the truck properly because they don't have an incentive to. They have very little incentive to have you continue to move, you know, where you're only sitting for a break and then you have to go again. They don't they don't have any incentive to do that because, you, well, let's be honest, drivers are willing to sit around, especially road drivers, are willing to sit around on the road free for hours sometimes days, depending on where you work and how long you've been in the industry. And so the company, so that spot, if you're sitting for a 34 break somewhere, that you got to sit in the spot for 34 hours. That spot's held up for a day and a half because the truck isn't being utilized properly. You're not back at your house and the truck is back at a terminal. Okay, so half the solution is the companies themselves. And I hope the high school students put that out there, although they probably will delete that from it. It'll be re part of the redacted report. Out now is the movie The Fastest Woman on Earth. It's the story of Jesse Combs, who tragically died a couple of years ago now. Boy, time really flies. I did a video about it after she died. She's just such an inspiration to people for everything that she's done in the industry. You remember her from Extreme 4x4 on the Power Block, and uh, which was on, you know, Spike TV, right? Remember Spike TV? 
and Mythbusters. Uh, the list, a thousand one uh, car things to do before you die. Many things. She was on many, many things. And she had a wall full of awards and still was never taken seriously by a lot of men, which I just don't understand. I guess they've got, you know, other size issues that they're dealing with. You know, I tell men, if you want an award or to go beat a woman at something, then go do it. You know, just because you don't have a wall full of awards doesn't mean she isn't qualified to do whatever. But either way, it's uh, the story of her. It's on HBO Max streaming right now, so... Uh, I hope you'll give it a look because uh, she's always been very inspirational and I really can't believe it's been a couple of years already. Really hard to believe. So check out the movie. It's her record attempt and really her life and her attempt to set the world speed record, which she did do posthumously. Unfortunately, that's never a good way to set a record. But I always say, look, what's the point of life if you're not going to try to do something incredible with it? As many of you probably know, 2023 is the last year for the gas-powered Dodge Challenger. And <laughs> I don't know if you saw this. You should go look at it. You can actually get your Challenger not in one color, but in all 14 colors that the Challenger is offered. And this is a factory option. Yeah, it stripes across from one side to the other. So passenger side to the driver's side across the car. It looks like a stripe that's what a foot wide or so on each one foot and a half however long the car is and so they come in order plum crazy frostbite b5 blue sublime f8 green go mango cinnamon stick with an s octane red torred torred clever triple nickel huh clever destroyer gray granite and white knuckle <laughs> okay now <laughs> Look, there's a picture of it, and I don't know. This car's not for me, okay? I think the colors are weird. This is a $3,700 an option plus installation because these are wraps, okay? And not the kind of wrap like I sing on Saturday nights at the club. These are wraps from 3M, and they're going to be sent to your local installer. You have to figure out how to get it installed. They will have a list of installers. You go there. It's $3,700 for the wrap, plus however much it costs you to install it. Another couple thousand dollars probably and a few days of work for your installer. Is that crazy? Would you want one in all those colors? Okay, so that says that the wrap will ensure you can assault everyone's visual senses uh, as well. Uh, I don't understand. Uh, you know, really? Holy mackerel. But maybe, maybe that's for you. I'd love to see one on the road. I'm sure there'll be one somewhere at a car show. Maybe it'll be like some of them where people will buy the wrap and then it put it in the trunk of the car, whatever, for when they sell the car. They'll be like, oh, this is one of the special wrap cars because it should be on the window sticker, you know, those wraps. So sometimes when you buy like an Indy 500 pace car or whatever, I've seen these at car shows and they have the stickers, but they're not, they were never put on the car because the dealer would usually give you the stickers. They wouldn't put them on the cars. So maybe this will be the same kind of thing. I'll tell you what. I don't know if I want my car in all those different colors. Plus a wrap. Uh, I don't know. Can you wax it? It's not that shiny. So I'm out. I'm seeing more and more of this in the automotive industry. They just said, oh, the uh, automakers are going to spend $1.3 quadruple trillion dollars on electric vehicles coming up soon. Here's what I want from you electric vehicle people. And I'm not opposed to electric vehicles. Okay. I think that the messaging is um, certainly not truthful on them. Oh, they're it's good for the environment or whatever okay go look at a lithium mine <laughs> and you tell me how great for the environment it is and that all your power is produced by coal plants but you know much of it is but regardless of all that okay tell tell me which electric vehicle electric vehicle would do just as good as my nine-year-old sonic on a trip from indianapolis to kansas city missouri and back okay who gets back here first? Me in the Sonic. All right. Until your electric vehicle can compete with that, you know, then come and talk to me. But until then, look, I, you know, I watch Motor Week every week and I have since the show started. John, I feel like John Davis is my brother. Okay. But uh, and what did they test this week? Uh, an Audi e-tron. Okay. The one they test was over 100 thousand dollars 
Okay, $100,000. And the range, 230 miles. But John Davis is like, oh, well, you know, depending on where you're charging, you can put 120 miles of range in the car in as little as 10 minutes. Oh, congratulations. I can put over 400 miles of range in my Sonic in five minutes at any gas station anywhere in the United States. And that's the problem. Okay, 100. Congratulations. So I got to sit there for 30, 45 minutes to get a couple of hundred miles of range in this car because as it fills up, it fills up slower. Okay, you don't maintain that high speed of charge, especially after you get to 80% of full. So until, you know, they can get some distance out of them, and it isn't really the distance of, although 230 is kind of short, so you can only drive this car a few hours and you're going to have to really figure out where to charge it. But regardless of even that, you know, I think they need a range in the 300s and a charge where I can fill the thing up in less than 10 minutes and then maybe it can compete. It should be a five minute fill up, but it's certainly got to go under 10 minutes to put a full 300 and some more miles of range in it. Because if I can put 450 miles of range or so, 440 miles of range in my car in just a few minutes at any gas station, you know, and this thing is five times the price of a new Sonic, six times the price of a new Sonic. Come on. Okay. So they need to get with the program to get me at least interested in buying one because I don't know that it's practical. Now, a small one, like a used leaf or a grocery getter around town, maybe that's a good deal. But for a car to replace your car for trips and that, no, no, it's not up to that yet. So and I know somebody's screaming, well, Mark, electric, Tesla, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Indy to Kansas City and back. Who's back first? Who is back first? I got a nine-year-old Sonic. What are you bringing that's electric? That's factory. Well, Mark, I made modifications. I tow a generator with me. No. What are you bringing from the factory? Well, and something that car dealers are going to love, they just did a survey Get this, 65% of people, are you hearing me? Two out of three people said they would pay up to $19,000 over sticker price to get a new car. Oh my gosh, really? Just a few years ago, people wouldn't even pay you know, $19,000 under sticker price. They need to get that kind of discount. Are you seriously kidding me that people would pay that kind of money over sticker price? Holy mackerel. I guess I got lucky to get, uh, you know, the Escape that has a $7,500 rebate on it. They are certainly not doing that anymore. I can't believe two out of three of you would pay 19000 over sticker. What are you doing? And when I was selling cars, when I would get to the F&I department, I don't even know how they'd get their car financed like that. We had a tough time getting cars financed that were close to sticker. How do they finance over sticker? People must be just going and writing a check for all this amount over the sticker price. I don't understand it. So you got a car, you are way, when this when this goes south, and it will, and it will in the industry, and you go to trade that car in, oh my gosh, you are keeping that car uh, most of its life. And I know many people, Mark, I have a car, I keep it 30 years. A lot of people don't do that. So you are going to be so upside down. When this recession gets worse here next year, um, and even Elon Musk said it's going to be through 2024. I totally agree. Next year is not going to be great. Prices are already way up and uh, you can't get people to go do anything. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a big problem. And you're willing to pay $19,000 over a sticker for a new car. That's crazy. So your $40,000 car is you're going to willing to pay almost sixty grand for it. Sixty grand in two years. Now you owe... <laughs> $47,000 on it, right? You owe forty-seven grand on this car. That's worth $26,000, $24,000. That is super crazy, super over sticker. No way should you be doing that. Oh, my gosh. Who are you people? The two of th out of three of you, let me know who you are. In a sort of crossover article, some Circle K stores are going to start selling weed in Florida. Now, supposedly, it's only for medical marijuana licensed people, which is a huge fake scam 
in my opinion. Oh, I'm 22 and I have my back, I have a bad back, whatever. Okay, I don't want to hear about it. But either way, you'll be able to buy it there. Look, if you drive a truck, do not go buy and wait at the convenience store. Don't go get a license. Don't go get a medical marijuana license. And don't be buying weed at the convenience store. I noticed this going to Detroit recently. That um, as soon as you hit the state line, every billboard is for some kind of weed smoke shop. It, is everybody up in Michigan just stoned all the time? Some of them deliver. Hey, get your uh, pot delivered or whatever. I forget how that's worded on the billboards. It's a lot of the billboards up there. And I I assume the whole state is, uh, you know, just zonked out of their mind and that there's no Doritos to be found in the state. Either way, uh, do not if you're licensed, do not get near people smoking. Do not have anything to do with it. Do not handle it and don't go get any of it. And that really that should be for everybody, but certainly with people with a license. Now it's time to head off to Oklahoma, where we find many things, including a dude living in a cinder block basement apartment. Now, he's down there, and it's not too humid there, so he's not doing too bad. But you know what he doesn't have? A girlfriend. What a surprise. Although, it seems like many of these losers do find some woman to say hello to them. But not this guy. The thing is, he's got his eyes set on a little lass who works down at the mall. So, as soon as Sally Jesse Raphael wraps up and Donahue comes on, he turns off his black and white TV and heads down to the mall. So, she happens to work at what it says is a maternity store. So, he goes in there because, you know... You always see a lot of single men walking around in a maternity store. And he tries to get her number. Well, she's not having any of it, as you can imagine, by someone that does not have their own bathroom and smells bad. Because he has to go upstairs to use the bathroom there. Because it's just an illegal basement apartment. So, he tries to get her number and go on a date with her. And she's like, no thank you, get lost. But... He, of course, purchases a few items, as men do in maternity stores. And then, what does he do with them? No. He takes them into the dressing room. (laughs) Do we know where this is going yet? Unfortunately, we probably do. So he's in there and then asks for her assistance. Now, I don't know what she thought she was going to do in there. Because what is he trying on in there? Anyway, she goes into the dressing room and opens the door. And there he is in just a bra and what it says are crotchless panties. I don't know why those are at a maternity store, but hey, I don't know. I've never been pregnant. Maybe I should ask the Supreme Court justice about that. Anyways, she (laughs) is horrified at the problem and uh, (laughs) calls the police who come and arrest him. All right. So that's pretty good. He gets arrested on a minor uh, (laughs) small misdemeanor for indecent exposure. Let me ask you now, I've been married a long time, so uh, I don't have to go pick women up at maternity stores. And (laughs) I'm just wondering, is this a thing now? Is this work? Is this what we do? We're like, Oh, you won't give me your number? Well, check this out. I mean, what are we doing here? So either way, he goes to jail and I hope, because I watch these shows, jail and stuff, I hope he shows up in those clothes. Okay, because that would be just great that he gets to walk around in there with that. But he goes to jail and so we have to support this idiot. Okay. We have to support this. Now there's this basement apartment. All those on this will probably get out. They won't even notice he was gone. Donahue will still be on. If anything, he's only gotten into Merv Griffin, who starts at three. You know, so that's as far as it would have gone. The thing is, I don't understand it. I got to provide cheese sandwiches and whatever other things that he needs. Clothes, because he's not going to be able to walk around in there in his crotchless underwear. And so this idiot goes there and I can't go to Mars. 
I cannot get to Mars because I got some idiot who, uh, instead of being a decent person, you know, <laughs> to try to get a date. Fortunately, this woman, unlike many women, right, told him no and then called the police. So uh, I don't know if he has a phone from some other woman or whatever. I got to believe this is not some, you know, brain surgeon or whatever that, you know, is going to I'll miss out on my surgery tonight, you know, other than unless it's going to be a lobotomy for him. Can we please not do this and treat people properly and respectfully uh, to start with? And otherwise, you know, do not uh, do this to the clothes there. I guess since they're maternity clothes, they would fit in better. I don't know what's happening. All I know uh, is that's why I'm not on Mars and won't be anytime soon. As I like to do as well, uh, we're going to provide some weather for Mars provided by NASA, the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, and the Perseverance Mission. It's a high of minus 7 and a low of minus 117, but we do look like we have a warm-up coming later in the week to minus 1. So uh, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's the current weather on Mars, and even at that, I can't get there. Okay, is it livable? Yeah, because where that the Perseverance is, it says it's midwinter. Okay, so we're not going to get too much colder than this, I hope. I think it's livable, but will we ever find out? I don't know. Maybe some of you will. I probably won't make it in my extreme upper 30s, very extreme upper 30s. Uh, I don't have too many more years where I can do a Mars mission. So hopefully somebody will tell me about it. And we're going to wrap it up there today. I want to thank everybody for listening. If you want to write me your missives or why we uh, are not on Mars, it's mark at truckinganswersnation.com. Send me pictures of your electric car that is better at getting to Kansas City and back from Indianapolis than my Sonic. Otherwise, we'll see you on the next podcast.